Welcome back to Hard Facts with Sandra Ezekwisli. Lagos, let's talk on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Brought you headline news, and you're back here on Hard Facts. Four weeks after the Lekki Toll Gate shooting, what is new? Four weeks after the Lekki Toll Gate shooting, what's new? 20th October 2020 uh, was four weeks ago today. It was a Tuesday, just like today. In many ways, it marked the end of the NSARS protests. After the shooting of peaceful protesters at the toll gate, most of those who had been on the streets for weeks went home. And then we saw the uh, we saw new faces um, take to the streets, and they took to the streets violently. Yesterday's big hard fact: the federal high court has previously ruled that police permits are not needed for protests. They've previously ruled that police permits are not needed for protests since peaceful protests are guaranteed by the constitutional right to freedom of assembly. That's our hard fact, because as we discuss this, we need to keep a foundational fact in mind that the right to protest is guaranteed as long as it is peaceful. Protests are not a crime. So now we're talking about what's happening four weeks uh, after the Lekki shooting. We're going to look at different angles. We're going to talk about the investigation into the incident. We're also going to talk about uh, what's been happening to the protesters since then. And we're also going to talk about what's being done by the government to investigate the crimes that led to the protests in the first place. Because remember, the government itself has acknowledged that the protesters had a good reason. They wanted justice for those who, over the years, have been extorted, brutalized, and even killed by security agents. Joining me to talk about these are two lawyers. The first one is Tokwe Akinyode. Welcome to Hard Facts, Tokwe. Good evening. Great pleasure. All right. And back again is Ilibehe Efyong. Welcome back to Hard Facts. Thank you, Sandra. Good mm. to join you. Lagos, we want to hear from you as well. What do you think about the events of the last four weeks since the Lekki shooting? Uh, what do you think of the arrest and trial of Eromosele Adene? Uh, what do you think of the police's actions at Africa Shrine? You heard that on our news bulletin. What about the president's statements about making sure uh, that there are no more protests? What do you think of the army's testimony about uh, the Tollgate shooting? Now, let me start with you, F. Young. Let's start um, with the case of uh, Eromoshele Adene. I saw a video of you where you looked visibly angry. Eromoshele is an NSARS protester who was recently arrested. He appeared in court today. Uh, Inibeha, has he been officially charged with any crime? And if so, what? Not at all. He hasn't been charged with any offense or crime known to law. What mm. the police did was to approach the court to seek a remand order to further detain him for 30 days after they have already detained him illegally for over 10 days. Hmm. Uh, we were in court today and we vigorously uh, oppose that application. They have not uh, 
file any charges against him. The the court heard the application and our opposition the same and agreed with us that there was no basis in law for the police to seek a further remand order. Because like I did say, if the police believed or if they recognized the authority of the court, hmm. they should have gone to court to seek that order within 24 hours of his arrest. Right. But having arrested him, denied him access to family and legal representation. Right. They flew, they, he was flown to Abuja. Mm -hmm. They brought him back, you know, in a very nocturnal and surreptitious manner without notice to his counsel, without notice to his family. It was someone who saw him on the flight that even alerted us. Mm. So there was no basis for them to now be talking about seeking a remand on that because that application was brought in bad faith. So we opposed the application and the court in his wisdom in line with the Administration of Criminal Justice Act of Lagos State admitted him to bail in conditions which though are stringent, but uh, we would take steps to perfect those conditions. So uh, summarily, uh, there is no pending charge against him. They are making very funny allegations of uh, that there was, he acted in a manner that was likely to cause a breach of peace. They are accusing him of cyber stalking, very funny, uh, you know, allegations, which if they actually believe they should have gone to court to file a proper charge. Hmm. So we will be waiting for them to do that. Hmm. Anytime they are willing to bring charges against him, hmm. we are combat ready to face them in court. Okay. Now, he's been uh, granted bail in the sum of one million naira. Yes, um, is in life, so. What does that mean exactly? You know, people yeah, well, hear that and they're like, one million naira, what did the guy do? And two shorties in like sum. Uh, can you explain in simple English what that means? Uh, like, like I did say, the conditions are a bit stringent. They are uh, wondrous and difficult, but they are not impossible to meet. What it means is that the shorties, which the court says should be his blood relation, people who are related to him, uh, members of his family, apparently, will they will now, you know, depose to an affidavit and also sign a bail bond of, of that amount, showing that they are one that they are worth that amount. Secondly, that should he jump bail, should he breach the terms of his release, that they will forfeit that amount to the government. They are, that amount is not to be deposited in cash, ah, not at all. Ah, I see. It is just an undertaking that if I am unable to produce this person when it's required, mm. I undertake to forfeit this amount to the government. Ah, I see. Now, I also have to ask, if the court believes there is no need or no more need for remand, why release him on bail? Why not an unconditional release? Well, that should have been the position. That was also my, my view in court. But you must realize the atmosphere under which, you know, these things are happening. Just today when we got to court, the entire premises of the court was taken hostage by gun-wielding, riotous policemen, heavily armed policemen who had basically invaded the court and took over, you know, the entire premises of the court. So they basically led a search to the court. We understood what was going on. And for us, rather than asking for unconditional release, since the application for remand was brought under a specific law, 
that is the ACJ, I think section 164, subsection 5 of that section, give the court the authority to admit the person to bail where an application for remand is made. So we took a decision that it was safer and better to apply for his bail because a room study is not, is not afraid. He's not afraid of standing trial. So if they are convinced that they have a case against him, they should bring charges. Ordinarily, they should have been released unconditionally, but like I said, hmm. the law says where a remand application is made, the court has the right to admit the person to bail, and that was exactly what the court did. Hmm. Now, Topway, let me come to you. Uh, it's, it's, there's some controversy about uh, whether or not Eromo Sele was arrested at a protest or at home. Do you know? Can you clarify for us? Uh, you see, my, my biggest worry wouldn't be where he was arrested. Okay. My worry exactly would be for what reason. Hmm. Was he arrested? You see, Nigeria is a country governed by laws. Hmm. And we must realize that nobody is above the law. And nobody is more Nigerian than the other. It's a very dangerous trajectory if we allow that protesters, lawful protesters, hmm. citizens who are exercising their rights as guaranteed, as endowed, as given by the Constitution, hmm. are labored criminals, hunted, arrested, you know, abducted, and thrown into illegal detention, protracted detention, languishing for exercising their rights. Hmm. It is a big worry for me. You see, the reality of the day is that this government is quite intolerable to uh, criticism. And they said, already, promoters of answers, part of whom I'm representing in court, have the account frozen or restricted before getting or obtaining a court order. And when the court order was obtained, it was obtained under false precept or misrepresentation or misleading the court on false allegations of terrorism. I mean, can you accuse protesters of terrorism? We're going to get to all of those controversies. So, so, so for me, hmm. I'm, not, I'm not bothered about where he was arrested. Hmm. If he was arrested at the scene of the protest, it would have been unlawful much as he was arrested in the house mm-hmm. for exercising his fundamental human rights. Hmm. Now, we, we, we saw uh, videos from the courthouse today, purportedly uh, from the courthouse today, and various media outlets are reporting that the press, uh, Romo's family, even lawyers, that, that's a, a video I saw of Inibehe, uh, um, um, you know, yelling at, at the court, were not allowed into the courthouse by the police. Inibehe, what exactly happened here? I was in court. As a matter of fact, even as I as I was approaching the court, mm. the road leading to the court was blocked. The police used their van to block the road. So even to drive into the to the court was not possible. They mm. had blocked the entrance, the access road to the court from about uh, 600 meters or thereabouts. Right. So as I was driving towards the court, I observed that there was no road for me to to pass. So I had to basically, you know, defy the the blockade and uh, drive towards the van. Of course, they had to open for me to pass. Hmm. So 
On getting to the court again, I also witnessed another drama where the, the policeman led by an assistant commissioner of police, you can imagine an assistant commissioner of police who should be very busy in his office, you know, trying to fight crime in Lagos. He came to court to coordinate the search that we witnessed today. Hmm. So what happened was that they tried to limit access into the court by asking the internal security officers, you know, officials in the court to lock the gate. Of course, we resisted this, which also resulted in altercation at some point. But we insisted that they must allow people into the court, that there's a conditional right to publicity of trial. Since the proceeding was not held in camera, was not held in secret, there was no basis for people to be denied access into a court of law. In any event, the police had no business enforcing entrance into the court. The court is not their station. They have no business being there in the first place, except just to bring the defendant to court. Hmm. So I was also a victim of that when at some point they attempted to, you know, block the gate as I was approaching. The gate was already, you know, locked with a padlock. Of course, I insisted and protested and they... They had to, you know, open the the gate of the court for right. me to have access. Right. Some other persons, including pressmen, were constantly harassed by the menacing police officers. Hmm. This is for me very unfortunate. This is for me an indication that a country is further sliding into dictatorship when you have the hollow chambers of the court, the sacred institution of the judiciary desecrated in such a blatant and flagrant manner by those who ordinarily are supposed to uphold the sanctity of the court, those who are supposed to enforce law and order. Right. What the police did today is condemnable, it's reprehensible. We should not allow this kind of uh, impunity to take place. I also witnessed a similar, you know, scene during Shawaree's trial at the Federal High Court when SSS officials invaded the court. So we cannot continue to tolerate this kind of uh, abuse of power by law enforcement agencies. But the good news is that as far as the Romo Soles case is concerned, we made it clear to them that their rule of terror and rule of might will not prevail. And eventually, they were forced to, you know, allow sanity to prevail. Hmm. Top, I have to ask you about uh, reports we're getting um, that police blocked access to the Africa Shrine, the home of la late uh, Fela Nikolaou Kuti. Yesterday, Sean Kuti um, said the police sent a letter to his sister not to let him hold a meeting there related to Ensar's protests. Now, as a lawyer, and this is a question I'll, I'll ask Inibeha as well, but Top, you go first. As a lawyer, does your interpretation of the law tell you whether or not the police has the right to stop meetings from happening and to block their venues? And if so, under what circumstances, Tobe? <laughs> my, my understanding of the law hmm. is that the police have no such right, you know, to ban or discard or, you know, not allow a gathering of lawful people. The right to association is enshrined by the Constitution and allowed to every citizen. Uh, 
You see, the reality of the Nigerian situation today is that uh, many aberrations are occurring, and quite fastly, in a pace that wants to, you know, question someone's rationality or understanding of the law. Hmm. But we mustn't be distracted uh, from the reality that uh, Nigeria is a constitutional democracy. I have said it before uh, that uh, the problem that we are experiencing in this dispensation is probably, you know, a problem of um, ignorance of the law and probably a problem also of intolerance uh, by the government. In previous years before this present, you know, president came into power, uh, the period of times when he contested election, right. when he lost, he protested. And the right he was exercising by protesting is the right to, you know, peaceful assembly, which is what some people were about to do. I mean, Shemkuti was about to do when they asked him or when they said, please, to besiege his press, which they did today. Uh, when he was protesting, he was exercising his rights of freedom of speech, which is what many Nigerians are afraid to do today because of sanction, either from government or journalists being sanctioned or broadcast stations being sanctioned. Uh, so the reality is that the government is intolerant, as a matter of fact. Hmm. But it builds on the Nigerian people not to be cowed or, you know, you know, subjected into intimidation by, you know, devoting their right into, into the, into the year and not making exercise of it. We must thank them and hold the government to account. That's the truth. Now we Whether just the heard. Government likes it or, or not. not. Now we just. Whether the government believes, because today I read in the papers mm. that the president of Nigeria mm. is saying that he's placing a ban of protest and that he will not allow. Mm. Uh, no, no, no. He, he didn't quite. He didn't quite say that, and that's the question I, I want to raise okay. next. The president says that he's going to make sure that there are no more protests like NSARS. He says that's he's going. Hold on. He says he's going to do this in part by working with youth leaders. How do you interpret that statement? You see, the president cannot allow or disallow protest. That is a misconception. You probably didn't read the part of the constitution that says that people have the right to express themselves. You know, so you cannot allow or disallow. It's the same way to say that he didn't become president of Nigeria today out of the thin air. He became president by, you know, constitutional means. Do you understand? Mm. And so the right he has or the, uh, the privileges he enjoys by virtue of his position, which the constitution devotes to him, is the same right that Nigerians have to protest. Mm. You see, the, the, the elective officers of this country are always eager and happy about elections. They want elections to happen because that's what benefits them primarily. But the reality is that, you know, protest is even as significant, if not more significant, than elections. And I'll tell you the reason why. Protest encourages participation in governance. You are able to feel the pulse of the people, mm -hmm. to know what exactly they want, whether they align with your policies or not. And then it's a means of contributing to governance, which is quite allowed, which is, which is a reasonable thing to do. You know, lawful protest 
without disturbing the peace of the people, without having arms and ammunition on you, cannot be emphasized as a necessity now, now, for the democracy. Now, Tokwe, let me say that I, I have my I have eyes on uh, what the president is quoted to have said, according to the Minister of Police Affairs, Mohamed uh, Dingiadi. And he says that the president said that government will continue to dialogue, it will continue to listen and will continue to carry all stakeholders along in ensuring that there is no repeat of what happened that destroyed a lot of property, public and private individuals in this country. So given that context, uh, perhaps the president isn't saying I will not allow protests going forward. He's just saying we're going to do all we can um, to put an end to that, uh, to to forestall it from happening in the future. What do you think? You see, that is, uh, that is medicine after edict. If the government had done that, had consulted widely, had reached out to the people, it wouldn't have been hard for it to script us. For years, Nigerians kept agitating on social media, physically, elsewhere, everywhere, that did not want the notorious police operative or police unit SAS. Giving specific examples of torture, inhuman, you know, you know, treatment that they have suffered from this this unit of, of the police force. But what did the government do? The government turned a deaf ear into to, to the to the to the plight of the people and refused to honor the demand. The answer has been all for years. For years. Over three years or so. And at different times, what the government does is to come out and dribble the people and say, oh, yes, we have reformed SARS. No, we are changing SARS. No, it is not SARS. No, it is SARS. It is this and that, you know, because they, they want to practically, you know, just want to not give in to the will of the people. And that's what gave rise to the protest. So if the government is saying that um, they would, you know, you know, consult widely and negotiate with the people and ensure that the the years of the people are honoured, mm. not bad. But again, it shows that um, the government, you know, is just waking from its trauma. If at all, it will never do that. If at all. All right. Let me come to let me come to Nibega now. Nibega, what are your thoughts? How do you interpret uh, what the president has uh, said, according to the Minister of Police Affairs? Well, I don't know how to re- react to this because uh, this president has a history of uh, working against democracy. So when he says he will do everything possible to ensure that protests like this does not occur again, the signal that he's sending for me is not comforting. If the intention of the president is to ensure that human rights abuses are things of the past, are put in, you know, in history, that no such uh, barbarism is allowed to repeat itself in the police force. Hmm. If what the president is interested in is police reform or meeting the demands of the protesters, then certainly I do not think that statement should be taken Seriously, because so far we haven't seen any commitment in that regard. There has been no serious effort on the part of the government to reform the police. There are systemic issues that need to be addressed. So if the president is truly serious about these things, what we want to see is, is action. It's not just promises. It's not empty words. Empty words will not comfort the Nigerian people. And you cannot divorce the 
enter vegetation hmm. from bad governance. That is the truth of the matter. So you have a president who keeps making promises, but consistently fails to keep to them. My reading of what he has said, mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. it, it looks like it's a passive threat to Nigerians that the government will not allow them to protest. And I do not think the government is in a position to allow or disallow protests. All right, we'll come back to that in a bit. If you just joined the show, you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I am Sandra Ezekwesili. I have two lawyers talking about uh, all the things that have happened since uh, October 2020. Today makes it four weeks since the shootings in Lekki occurred. And uh, helping me talk about all of the incidents that have happened in the aftermath of that day are Inibehe F. Young, uh, who is a lawyer, as well as uh, Tope uh, Akinyode, who is also a lawyer. They're both here. They've both joined us over the phone. And we're both trying to, we're all trying to make sense of all of these things. Uh, the, the big question we're asking on Twitter, of course, and on Facebook is what you think about the events of the last four weeks since the Lekki shooting. What do you think of the arrest and trial of Eromo Seleadene? We started with that story. What do you think of the police's actions at Africa Shrine? Don't go away. Welcome back to your number one talk news and sports station. This is Nigeria Info. Indeed, Lagos, I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. Four weeks after the Lekki Tollgate shooting, what's next? 20th October 2020 was four weeks ago today. It was a Tuesday, just like today. In many ways, it marked the end of the end SARS protests because after the shooting, peaceful protesters at the Tollgate uh, and uh, other parts of the country went home and uh, we saw a new face take to the streets and they took to the streets violently. Now, I've been talking about the things that have been happening four weeks after the Lekki shooting, uh, all the different angles, the investigations into the incident uh, at Lekki Tollgate, uh, what the protesters have been going through since that day, uh, what's being done by government to investigate the crimes that led to the protests in the first place. Because remember, the government itself has acknowledged that the protesters had a good reason, right? They wanted justice for those who over the years have been extorted and brutalized and even killed by security agents. Now, talking about this with me are two lawyers. Talk back in your days here. Inibe F. Young is back. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for staying on the line. Thank you, Sandra. Right. So, uh, I am Sandra Ezekwesli, by the way, if you're wondering. And this is Nigeria Info 99.3, listening to Hard Facts. Now, before the break, uh, we talked about the president's comment that uh, he'll uh, engage um, all the stakeholders to ensure that an NSARS protest doesn't repeat. Now, uh, the last person who was, uh, said something on that subject was Inibihe. So, I'm going to come back to F. Young, where I'll be saying to you, F. Young, that the president is now saying going forward, because you, you mentioned, of course, um, that uh, the, the government hasn't listened in the past, you know, you know, considering all of the stakeholders meetings they've had. But the government, the president has now said going forward, I will be doing these types of consulting. Should we now say that that's not good enough because government did not listen in the past, Tobe? 
There is a legitimate reason for Nigerians not to trust whatever promises President makes. If the president is serious about what he has said, or if he actually meant what he said, how come that we are witnessing a nationwide clampdown, this mass scapegoating by agents of the state? How come that people's accounts are being frozen? People are being disallowed from traveling. People are being arrested. You cannot be solving problems by creating more problems. So if the president is really serious about what he's saying, we have to just oppose his words with his actions. Like I did said to someone yesterday, President Buhari is the greatest instigator of the NSAS protests. And I stand by that position because the actions of this government have given young people, have given Nigerians a legitimate and justifiable reason to come out on the streets again and protest. People went out to protest because they were tired of brutality, because of state failure, because of government failure. If we had a responsible and responsive government, we would not be talking about SARS. Six years into this administration, what did they do about police reform? Absolutely nothing. The vice president made an announcement the other time while he was acting president that he was going to reform SARS, he was disbanding SARS and all that. All that went into the dustbin of history. Nothing was done. So this government is now saying now that, oh, we are going to forestall future occurrence by addressing the demands or the problems of it. Your actions are doing the exact opposite. So why should I trust the government that pledges to ensure that the people don't have any cause to protest again, whereas the same government that has politicized key institutions, that has turned CBN into a political entity, that has weaponized the National Broadcasting Commission, that has used the police against the citizens. All the important democratic institutions in this country are being politicized, are right. being used to achieve sinister agenda, just in an attempt to stop Nigerians from coming out to express themselves. So you cannot be using military tactics to solve democratic problems. Okay. That is the way I see it. Let's this take is why I said we should not take the words of the president seriously. Let's take uh, calls from Lagosians who are itching to join the conversation. Lagos, what do you think about the events of the last four weeks since the Lekki shooting? It was on a Tuesday like this. Um, uh, it's uh, 5.35 right now. So in about an hour, uh, you begin to hear reports and sightings of military vehicles getting to Lekki Tollgate. What do you think about the arrest and trial of Eromo Sele Adene? What do you think of the police's act? at Africa Shrine. What about the president's statements about uh, what he intends to do to ensure another NSARS protest doesn't reoccur? And what do you think about the army's testimony at the Tollgate shooting that happened on Saturday? I'm going to take two calls. I'm limiting it to one minute each so that I can go back to my guests, right? Two calls, one minute each, and I'll be timing you very well. So just go straight to the point. You don't need to ask me about my you know, family members, or, you know, tell me, oh, Sandra, great show, all of that. Mm -mm. Two calls, one minute each, and then we'll jump right back into it. 0700-993-993-993-0700-993-993-993. Chris in Okokomaiko, how are you? Good evening. Your time has started. Go. Okay. Yeah, my dear Sandra, I mean, uh, let me first start by commending those uh, barristers in the studio. I must commend each and every one of them that have done a very nice 
job by I mean uh, going in detail honestly indeed uh, just like they said honestly there's not really much to add to it the reverse is the case as far as I'm concerned and so many well-meaning Nigerians the president have not done anything yet but either he has been busy climbing down you know a kind of a kind of energizing us provoking us more to even come out and protest more that is how I see it because uh, from the every indication so far, there have not been, there has not been any commitment by the part of the government, even in the investigative part of it. That is that was a total mess. As far as I'm concerned, in the, almost all the states, what we have now is not there's nothing like inquiry, there's nothing like a investigation because the transparency part of it is nothing to write from about. Thank you for calling us, Chris Moses in Victoria Island. How are you? I'm fine. You're live on the show. Go ahead. You've got one minute. Um, what Bwari has just said, he's just trying to make uh, Nigerians feel as if they have done something. Whereas they have not done anything to what Nigerians want or what they or what Nigerians are listed that they want. They are not doing it. They're just trying to put Nigerians away from what has happened. All right, Moses, thank you for calling and keeping it under one minute. Now, let's switch over to the Lagos State Judicial Panel of Inquiry, where the Lekki shootings were being discussed on Saturday. Inibere, you were there. The army testified through General Taiwo. And one important issue was who ordered the army to Lekki. General Taiwo said the Lagos State Governor asked the army to intervene, but the Lagos State Government Council got him to admit that state governors have no power to order the army anywhere. What was your takeaway from that exchange in Inibehe? Well, you know, I'm somehow part of the, or I was part of the proceedings of last Saturday. Yeah. Uh, we had started examining the general, hmm. General Taiwo, mm-hmm. uh, when we had to adjourn for further co-examination because the time for the tribunal to close had come. Hmm. Now, I listened to his testimony and what I can assure you is that the truth will come out during cross-examination. We've not even started yet. What I observed was that the military, the Lagos state government, the LCC, are all desperately scrambling to exonerate themselves from responsibility. Hmm. That is my understanding and interpretation of what transpired at the tribunal, at the panel. Hmm. The military basically came to convey the impression that they acted responsibly, they, they complied with rules of engagement, mm. they did not shoot at people, they only shot, fired uh, blank uh, bullets into the air mm. and, and all that. So you now had the lawyer to the Lagos State government putting up a technical legal argument that, oh, constitutionally, it is the president who is the commander-in-chief that can give instructions to the military, that the governor cannot do that. Mm-hmm. But we know that that is just a simplistic way to resolve, to answer the question of responsibility. Mm. Because we know in this country that our politicians only invoke the constitution when it favors them. Okay. The truth of the matter is that even the general insisted that the governor was involved in all this. And for the governor to now pretend that he had no hand over this is just funny to me because... He apparently requested military intervention. There may have been a standard president who also sought that intervention, but the governor was among them, and that is not a fact that he cannot deny further. So for, for them to now say, oh, that 
he only requested but the decision was out of the president. That is just begging the question. Why did he make the request in the first place? So eventually, this fact will come out clearly for Nigerians to see the truth. And I want people to be very, very careful in swallowing hook, line, and sinker what General Taiwo said. They should wait till next Saturday when we will have the opportunity to continue our cross-examination, to challenge him on the issues that he raised, to challenge him on the, on the evidence and testimony that he gave. Because as far as I am concerned, what happened at the Togit was reprehensible. It was criminal. People lost their lives every day. We are gathering more and more evidence of what actually transpired at the toll gate. So for, for them to just present this as if they, were, they just went there to act a movie, as if they just went there for the purpose of entertainment, is, is for me very ridiculous. This was something that drew the attention of the international community. This was something that enraged the entire country. So why is no one ready to take responsibility for what happened? But I have to ask you, Inibe, General Taiwo uh, insisted that the army followed its rules of engagement to the letter. Uh, I have to ask what the rules of engagement are. Under what circumstances can the army get involved in civil matters? And, and, and what rules must they follow when they do, Inibe? Now... The general cited section 217 of the Constitution, which allows for the armed forces to act in aid, in aid, and that was the point that he missed, hmm. in aid of civil authorities, including the police. The police is one of the civil authorities. But in his testimony, he said that when the military intervened, the police took the back seat. That defeats the conventional intentment, the intentment of the drafters and framers of that section. Okay. What that section sought to do was to make it possible for the military to intervene to assist the police, for example, mm -hmm. where the situation is so serious that the police institution cannot, you know, manage the crisis. Okay. So the military has to intervene. Okay. That was not what happened. But as far as the toll gate is concerned, there was no violence at the toll gate. Even the general admitted it, that the protesters at the toll gate were totally peaceful. So why are we even talking about rules of engagement? There was no basis for engagement in the first place. Hmm. That is the point. You cannot be talking about rules of engagement when the engagement itself was unlawful, when the engagement itself was not warranted. It is when the engagement was, was proper necessary that will now ask you did you comply with the rules when you engage what we are saying is that you should not have engaged in the first place because even as at the time of that military action the coffee declared by the governor had not come into effect they are now claiming oh that the change in the time of the coffee was not communicated to them are they talking to kids that is why i'm saying that people should be patient and wait for what the proceedings of next saturday and see how it ends as far as i am concerned the military is just playing to the gallery. Tobe, has the army's position changed? There are allegations that at first the army completely denied all involvement, but now gradually they are admitting to being around, to being there, and now firing shots at the toll gate, although they insist uh, that what the shots they fired were blank and that uh, there were no patients with gunshot injuries and that um, there were no dead people. What do you make of that, Tobe? We can't take the Nigerian army seriously. Nobody should do it. Nobody should do that. Uh, uh, an organization of government that is held high up, you know, in security issues, 
coming up with falsehood of of you know high significance as we have it uh, shows clearly that uh, anybody trying to rely on the testimony of uh, the army would you know be you know doing that at his own peril. Bitter uh, that is made. What I see is that um, <laughs> the, the army, in conjunction with the governor of Lagos State, who allegedly you know reached out to them, including the Nigerian president, flouted the due procedures of law <laughs> in inviting the army for intervention. That's the truth. That's the truth. The due procedures of law were followed. The Nigerian army can only intervene in internal security issues of the country on exceptional grounds. And one of the exceptional grounds, or the major grounds, is that if there is insurrection, insurrection, even at that, the president has to follow some procedures in you know, ordering or instructing the presence of uh, of the of the Nigerian army, but clearly, all of these are in the situation or the case uh, at the at the Lekki Lekki target where people, with patriotic Nigerians, were singing the national anthem and holding up the national flag, and you know the army from the videos we saw. You know, shot into the air and shot into the protesters. And, you know, the governor initially was denying that there were no fatalities and that nobody died, but later admitted that uh, two people died as a result of the incident, even though people continue to, you know, give testimony of more injured more persons and even uh, more recorded deaths. So, what it is today in the country. Is to show to you, is to show to us uh, that the government, the insecurity of the government, perhaps is already penetrating into each and every agency of government. And as such, critical parastatas as the Nigerian army, and that forms a whole lot of problem for the country. If you know government agencies are to issue statements, which eventually that turns out to be falsehood, hmm. it's a big problem, especially for a government that is always wanting to desperately regulate uh, the social media space and the fact the mainstream media space because of the allegation of fake news circulation. All right, talk back in your day and Dini F. Young, thank you so much for sharing your time with us here on Hard Facts. Thank you for having me. All right. Lagos, let's uh, talk now. You've heard from the lawyers. I want to hear from you now. What do you think about the events of the last four weeks since uh, the lucky shooting? What do you think of the arrest and trial of uh, Iromo Adene? What do you think about the police's actions at Africa's shrine? What do you think about the army's testimony about the lucky tollgate shooting? I'm still giving everybody one minute. You have one minute. That's it. One minute. So, you know, go straight to the point as soon as you call me you know good evening and straight to the point huh let's do this 99.3 hello hello sandra thanks for calling i am babari yes I'm go ahead calling from ogun state hmm. uh, only your guests they've gone i had wanted to ask them mm-hmm. this question mm-hmm. that now that the international criminal court mm. has waded into this issue mm-hmm. will they be waiting for 
the panel investigation or would they be are they going to conduct their own personal investigation on this issue they typically have to wait for the panels and then see the outcome of what the panels do and then decide whether they which means they will go along with the investigation of the panel it depends it depends on what the panel does the other side that i wonder this shrine of a thing Mm. you see the police should not be dragged into another image damaging again Mm. i would expect the police to allow these people to do the meeting then just keep vigil and be around all right. Thank you for calling me. We've got Eric in Ogun State. You've got one minute, Eric. Welcome. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah. Um, the events of the recent weeks uh, is extremely disquieting coming from government circle. In fact, I was initially thrilled when I heard the governor said that he preferred to visit those who were wounded and a few of the dead ones in hospital. Uh, he preferred that to making an outright broadcast. And that was very, very commendable. But when the issue started arousing, you know, and we now saw that uh, there were conflicting things. This man said I was not invited, uh, it was the governor, because from the governor's perspective, he said the powers beyond him and the government invited the military. And I was who is that person or that agency of power that was beyond him to invite military? And this military were even saying they were not there, it wasn't me, you didn't see me, we didn't come there. Before the story started changing, uh, we came, it was the government who invited us with short blank and all sorts now, you know. This. So I'm just wondering, is this the way we we'll run this country and this state? Good question, Eric. Thanks for calling. Dennis in Satellite Town, hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah. Welcome, go ahead. Yeah, good. I, I, two points I want to make. Mm-hmm. The first one is, you should understand that um, as the economic has, as the economic hardship gets more terrible, mm. especially as worsened by COVID nineteen, and less resources available to developing countries, leadership who do who use more of their bronze than brain are going to go more authoritarian. Mm. And then the followership, out of hunger, you are going to find a lot of things happening because of economic hardship. So it's going to require a lot of brain work, a lot of leadership, quality, to be able to, 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 be able to steer through this situation we have are found ourselves in. All right, Dennis, thanks for calling. Ezekiel Infestak, welcome. Yeah, good evening, Sandra. Good evening. You've got one minute. Yeah. Uh, he- it is time somebody draw the president's attention to to a rational part of all what has been going on. I mean, for crying out loud, these are the same people. These are the same people which the president wants to draw closer to himself. See, somebody needs to advise the federal government very well. If you see, you know, if the president surrounds himself, with some kind of agents who are feeding him with the wrong advice. He really needs to call to be called to order. Because in the me in, in in all ramifications, I mean you can't you can't be beating a child with the other one and using the second hand to draw to, to, to push him away. Things are not done that way. 
and coming back to what has been happening in Lagos, I said it before in that panel that that panel is I. Thank you for calling us. Remember, everybody's getting one minute. I'm going to go to WhatsApp and see the messages you've left there for us. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. All right, so we've got uh, this comment here from Oluwashino in Surulere. Oluwashino says, I think Mr. President has no right to put a stop to NSAS peace protests. It's our fundamental right. Well, he's not putting a stop to the protests. He's saying that uh, he's going to try and uh, solve the problems that led to the protests to begin with. We've got uh, more comments here. Okay, Nigerian army, we're not at the Leki toll gate. Babajide Sowolu forces beyond our direct control shot at protesters at the Leki toll gate. Babajide Sowolu, the CCTV cameras were not shut down. The recordings will be available. Leki concession company, the CCTV did not capture Leki shooting. Nigerian army, we were there, but we did not shoot at protesters. Babajide Sowolu enters protesters were shot at, but only got injured, no casualties. Nigerian army, the government invited us to the toll gate. I don't have the power to order soldiers. Nigerian army, we shot only blanks. Uh, nobody died. Two people were killed at the Lekito gate. Abubakar Malami, SAN, AGF. Hoodlums wearing army uniforms shot protesters at Lekito gate, not the Nigerian army. Nigerian army, Nigerian army trainees shot at NSTARS uh, protesters to disperse them. Nigerian army again, we are highly disappointed in Somolu for, for not... Uh, for denying that he invited us to Lekki and also saying two people died. Uh, I only made a request for troops. The commander-in-chief, Muhammad Buhari, deployed the soldiers to Lekki Toolgate. Yet these are the people that want to curb fake news on social media when they are the major source of fake news. This is a comment from Bolaji. Bolaji is in Lagos Island. Bolaji, thank you for sending your message in. And that's it for Hard Facts today. We still